when we're true to ourselves and nurture and connect with our inner child, our spark, we're more present and more balanced. And as a parent, that is obviously very key and our children feel it. So when we are sort of whole within ourselves, we can lead better. We can lead more naturally. Hi, I'm Casey James, and this is the Motherhood Redefined Podcast. A place where we discover ways to redefine our motherhood journey, our well-being, and find new ways to pursue our passions as modern-day women. Through conversations with like-minded women and professionals, we can gain valuable insights and inspiration as we embrace the new realities and explore our expanded identity in motherhood. Everything Katie does encompasses empowering connection with ourselves and within our communities. She really has a strong passion around nurturing your inner child as adults, but also as children. So without further ado, let's get into my chat with Katie. Katie, welcome to the Thriving Mother podcast. Thank you. So we've known each other for a little time now, but for the newer listeners that are tuning in, why don't you just provide a little bit more of a background of what you do and an overview of what Glow Within is? I guess I'll start off by saying that I'm a mom of a very sunny, very spirited two-year-old, and I'm expecting our second in July. I've always worked with children since I was a child myself really connecting with the inner child and finding that peace that that connection brings us is really very important to me and my work. So I define the inner child as the spark or the soul that uh, sits within all of us. So it's, it's our passion, it's our purpose that we came into this world with. And very often, Somewhere along the way, as we grow and are encouraged to do maybe things that aren't totally within our wheelhouse or things that we feel obligated to do as adults, we sort of lose touch with that spark within ourselves. And it's not to say that we should neglect our responsibilities, etc., but really honor that, um, that which makes us glow within. Hmm. Um, because when we do glow within, we're radiating externally too. And that shows up in our everyday life. It shows up as or how we parent. Mm. Um, And I think that's really important for our children. So when we're true to ourselves and nurture and connect with our inner child, our spark, we're more present and more balanced people. And as a parent, that is obviously (laughs) very key. And our children feel it. So when we are sort of whole within ourselves, we can lead better, we can lead more naturally, and help our children to hopefully stay connected and nurture their inner child too. I think so many of us are, we're yearning that we're yearning to create that for ourselves all the time. And especially as moms, it's hard to get back to feeling that inner peace sometimes. And 
from what you're doing, you're really providing space and support for people to go into that journey a little bit more for themselves. Yeah, that's definitely my intention. And I think sort of to give a little more context to it. So my mom is an incredibly wise woman. She actually taught me to breathe and meditate as a child because Mm -hmm. there's family um, stuff going on that gave me anxiety. And I saw her being go, 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 go throughout my whole life. Just she had to do so much. She was the sole provider of us three kids. She Mm -hmm. is a professional um, and a, a remarkable woman, but that's not sustainable. And I remember thinking when I was 18, I was like, oh, I don't want to be a parent like this. Not, I admire my mom, obviously, so mm-hmm. much. Um, but I was like, this is not the life for me. Mm-hmm. And I could see that there were so many educated women who wanted to be mothers. And it's like, okay, well, how do we redefine this balance? Because the current um, way that we're working with both parents working, um, and we need to in Vancouver for most of us because it is yeah. such an expensive city. It's it's not working, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, either our children um, feel maybe a little emotionally neglected or we're neglecting ourselves because we're giving it all to our kids and our, our partner. Yeah. And it's like we're at a balance. Yeah. So anyways, that's what really inspired my work in the studio mm-hmm. and now this work that I'm doing. So it is very mm-hmm. centered around moms and parents. Yeah, I think it's so important to have. It's so amazing that you're you're doing that. Everybody can feel that. It's like, okay, well, how do you get there? So one of the areas of focus is craniosacral healing. Mm-hmm. Can you explain what that is? Totally. So again, sort of going back, I always knew as a young girl that I was supposed to do healing in some way, but I was like, this doesn't make sense. I don't know what I'm doing. After being in the business world, I ended up following my yoga path. Um, so I started doing my kids and prenatal and my 200 hour training back in 2012. And then I sort of followed along that path. I was like, there's something more, there's something more, but Reiki didn't speak to me. <laughs> um, massage didn't speak to me and all of these other modalities. I was like, yeah, they're interesting. Like I, I enjoy them, but they're a little too etheric or mm. else too physical for me. Mm. And I was looking for something that blended the two. So mm-hmm. that's why I was really drawn to craniosacral. It really blends the physical and then the energetic aspect. And mm-hmm. to me, it's beautiful because obviously the energetic or the emotional manifests physically, but then the physical, how we physically take care of our body can also impact us emotionally, especially as more of us are aware of the vagus nerve and how that that two-way sort of highway interacts with our or um, makes things happen throughout our body. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, that's why I got into craniosacral. So physically, we're working with the fascia and alignment. So I'll start placing my hands on someone's feet. I'm feeling into the rhythm of the body. I'm feeling into the balance. So are our hips aligned? Are shoulders aligned? Is the neck aligned? Where are things in and out of balance? And this is physically and it's there's an energetic component to it too. Hmm. So through the fascia, which there are basically 12 lines that have been identified throughout the body, were, and I've come to realize that I've been working with the fascia the whole time through yoga. And that's how I was able to see sort of into people's body and why they're moving in different ways. But I didn't realize this until probably about two years ago when I started to become more aware of fascia. 
So anyways, it's really interesting just to see the alignment within. And then so within that alignment, you can notice holding patterns within the body. So this is where it starts to get a little more energetic, if you will. So that's holding patterns, working with the organs. Um, so there's gentle hands on physical adjustments, working with the fascia. So because the fascia responds to super, super gentle touch, when you place the hands on the body, whether it be under the sacrum, under the hips, the uh, thoracic, the ribs, the neck, or in the head in particular, slight adjustments of the fascia and or the bones can really produce profound effects both physically and energetically. Hmm. So I layer this piece with uh, somato-emotional release. So somato means body, emotional is obviously emotions, um, and then the release of the two combined. So sometimes when you If you even just place a hand on your own heart, closing your eyes and really tune in, Mm -hmm. you just feel yourself in a different way. And sometimes just this acknowledgement of self can move you to tears. Mm -hmm. So what is it that we're not listening to in our heart? What is it that we're not listening to in our bodies that so badly wants to come up and will show up physically especially if we ignore it for a long time, needs that release. So there's sometimes a talking element here between myself and the client. And sometimes it's done in silence. It's just our guides, if you will, or we're talking to each other intuitively. So this is this uh, modality is always led by the client. <laughs> the client shares with the practitioner where we would like to go and how much we'd like to share. And that changes with every session. So it's it's really interesting to tune in to someone else and have that, just have that awareness and be able to work symbiotically to release. It's, yeah, I love it. It's fascinating. And for your client, who do you typically see? So I work with infants to adults, basically. So very often, it'll be the mom who first comes in, and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) she'll bring in her little ones, and then very often her husband, too. Um, So it's different for everybody. I mean, obviously, each day, each session, we're dealing with different uh, things. Yeah, Um, I do tend to see a lot of chronic Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think that's just because people get to a place where they're like, okay, well, why? Why is this still persisting? They're like, I'll I'll do anything basically to try yeah. to let go of this, or it can be anxiety, sleep issues. Um, sometimes there's a lot of birth related um, sort of I'll call it trauma too. Trauma mm. being uh, anything that we're not really ready for and that our body has held on to. With little guys, like with infants, I generally work with between four to four weeks to about three months, that's a really impactful period to Hmm. um, work with. And it's, they're very short sessions. We're again, feeling into the body very often. There's just gentle alignment issues from being compressed in birth or during the birth process. Um, So compression in the neck, which then can impact the blood flow through the spine, through the whole nervous system. And when the nervous system is out of alignment, that's when we tend to find colicky babies or children that struggle to sleep or with digestion. 
There's latching is a common one as well, hmm. or just being slightly out of alignment. And then with children, I, I again will see children and babies of all ages, but I tend to see more around three to, I'll say three to 10 year olds. Um, and a lot of it is stems from anxiety. Sometimes there will be more acute concerns, sort of ADHD, <laughs> or I've worked with a child with Down syndrome, and we have seen remarkable progress, hmm. like the ability to start talking and eating solids. It's just, you sometimes wonder as a practitioner, you're like, okay, am I actually doing anything to help? Because sometimes it's hard to see the changes in some clients. Yeah. And then in other clients, it just happens like that. And with children and infants, I find it happens so quickly. And obviously with adults, when we're doing some of the awareness pieces, people feel it really, really quickly. And sometimes it takes a while for it to be noticed. It's usually during the sleep after. <laughs> it's a very yeah. solid sleep. Yeah. Or there's a lot of emotion and letting go or just a lot of movement of some of the the bones, particularly in the head. And yeah, that can come out in a number of different ways. Sometimes <laughs> it's a headache for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I remember as you know, that. and there's yes. a lot of it's a lot of processing <laughs> going on. It's really interesting. And part of my work and the work that I love in this is supporting my clients after so just having that background with my yoga experience, I'm able to give them gentle exercises myofascial or other um, that can support them um, and intuitive awareness or something intuitive very often comes up and it very often speaks to their inner child and a piece of themselves that they've neglected. Um, and so going back to that piece brings a lot of opening and uh, sort of a rebalance for them. So it's really, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like craniosacral healing is definitely something that can really help. Definitely. I mean, yeah. it's it's as much the healing as the work that we do ourselves after. So a healing mm -hmm. session is wonderful and it can definitely support you and realign things that may be out of alignment that are uh, preventing optimal health. But if we don't do the work ourselves, which is why I give the tools after, we're just going to quickly slide back to the state that we were in. So yeah. it's important to do both. So how does working with mothers impact how they show up for themselves and their children in really like all aspects of their lives? As you know, and as you've said many times, it's a balancing act. Yeah. And we all know that. There's lots of demands on us from our work to just day-to-day -day life, wanting to be the best we can for our children and for our partners, obviously financial obligations. And then we tend to neglect ourselves. And we neglect ourselves until either chronic issues, anxiety, sleep, other chronic issues, allergies, etc. show up, or we just hit burnout. Mm -hmm. um, and you and I have talked about this quite a bit. I have been at burnout a number of times myself. I know you're yeah. <laughs> you're familiar with it too. Yeah. And again, it comes from just we give, 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 give and forget to fill up our own bucket. Or we get so excited about what we're doing that we <laughs> we get so, yeah, again, we continue to give and just that passion doesn't actually totally fill us. We need to take that time out for ourselves and yep. reconnect. 
Yeah. So I feel like by offering, and this is obviously being something that I have learned a number of times myself and I've seen uh, with family and friends, doing these little check-in points for myself throughout the day in particular are really, really helpful. So while there's sort of this, I feel like it's a bit of a myth of like, oh, I'm going to meditate for half an hour every morning. I don't think it's realistic to set this lofty goal for ourselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's much more practical and really beneficial for ourselves if we can do even five minutes of just sitting alone with our eyes closed. When we wake up, you can have your coffee or whatever it is in hand. And just grounding our energy into the earth or coming into our body, noticing our breath, noticing our heartbeat. And if that's what your meditation practice looks like, that's perfect. That's Mm -hmm. really all you need to do. Mm -hmm. If you want to bring in affirmation, mudras, and allowing intuition and working with spirit guide, etc. to flow, that's, that's beautiful too. But that's not necessary. That's sort of some days it will flow some days it won't necessarily but don't place that pressure on yourself just taking those five to ten minutes whatever you have in the morning to be fully in your body sets you out for the day Mm -hmm. and then having little checkpoints throughout the day I used to say to my yoga clients every time you go to the washroom sit there close your eyes for two minutes check in with your breath check Mm -hmm. in with your body and it's a really easy way of doing it. You're, you've got the privacy, door is closed, no one's coming in to bother you, hopefully. Yeah. Lock it if you need to. And just take that time for yourself. Yeah. So having those periodic checkpoints is really, really beneficial just to reground, reconnect with ourselves. And when we do that, then we are able to have a little more clarity when we're approaching potentially challenging situations. And that comes up obviously quite a bit being a mom. But yeah, we're just, we're more whole and present in ourselves. I think it's just those small, continuous check-ins. Yeah, let's be practical. (laughs) Yeah, be practical because it's really, when we start thinking too big, we're not going to be able to accomplish it. It's just going to, and then it's just, we're going to have resentment with ourselves because we didn't do it. So it's, it is that. It is just doing that continuous check-in and that's how you're kind of continuing to listen. Yeah to what your needs are. And another one, if you go for a walk during the day, do it without headphones. Or if you have your phone, that's great, have it, but don't look at it. Take that time to really be within yourself and with nature. It's so true. Definitely. And then when we do it as parents, we're modeling this for our children. Even if they're not watching all the time, Mm -hmm. they're watching. Do you know what I mean? And they catch the little things that we do. Yeah. um, Especially toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so just, yeah, it's really about modeling consistently. And as we get more into this pattern of doing these regular check-ins for ourselves, our intuition begins to flow. We start to notice different subtleties. We start to tune in more to our intuition. And by doing that, we can start to undo some subconscious pattern. So it's really like they're little micro at check-ins, yeah, but they have a huge impact in our lives, and that goes back to the inner child, right? Yes. Especially as they watch us do other things, and they're like, "Oh, maybe I need to be doing these things," or else we had intentionally put the pressure on them, and it detracts from yeah, just being present, as you said. 
I think it's like, it's almost like watching each other, watching our children in their pureness and like their pure self and learning from them. Yes. And then them learning from us. Yeah, absolutely. I really do believe that our children are teachers. Yes, I do too. In so many ways. (laughs) So many ways. So Speaking of that, what has surprised you the most about yourself so far in your motherhood journey? I think you actually touched on it just is watching Sophia. So she's a very, (laughs) she's a very spirited child, very Mm -hmm. uh, energetic, so loving and very sensitive. And I Mm -hmm. knew that when she was, or when I was pregnant with her, just we had such a strong intuitive connection. And I do feel that with this little one as well. But I'm not a morning person. I'm not a night person. You do not wake me up. Absolutely <laughs> not. Ever. I'm the same. I'm the same. <laughs> I will be miserable. Um, yeah. Yep. <laughs> you'll regret it. Um, but anyways, waking up in the middle of the night and when she needed me, this is obviously when she was younger than 10 months, we we should have had her in her own room because she's a sensitive sleeper much earlier. Mm. But I was never, I was never upset. Like I was always joyful and totally on to see her. So that's really what shocked me the most. Yeah. But another thing that you touched on is just how much joy they can bring you just watching them be so in the present. And it's a constant yeah. reminder. I think that's really, it's such a blessing. I think it is too. It's the same thing. Like I, I have to kind of stop myself sometimes and be like, okay, no, no, let's just just take a moment and just pay attention, which is not easy. It is not always easy. And I think knowing that like the moments are so fleeting, like this doesn't last forever. Mm-hmm. It's also a really good reminder to just cherish the moment. Definitely cherish the moment. So, so Katie, can you share with everyone where to find you? Sure. So I'm on Instagram at the glow within you with one W and also my website, which Casey helped me to actually rebrand glowwithin.ca. So G-L-O-W-I-T-H-I-N.ca. Thank you so much. And we will talk soon and congratulations on little baby on the way. Thank you, Katie. Thank you for listening today. I really hope this brought new insights and value for you. Your support is welcomed and very much appreciated. By just taking two minutes, you can simply subscribe, rate, and review, which will then give others the opportunity to be part of the conversation. For more inspiring content, you can follow us at thrive underscore living. T-H-R-Y-V-E underscore living. My DMs are always open. I love connecting with the community, whether it's just to say hi or if you needed any form of support in motherhood or business, I'm here. Until next time.